Welcome to the Azure Security Podcast, where we discuss topics relating to security, privacy, reliability, and compliance on the Microsoft Cloud Platform. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 81. Uh, this week is one of those sort of special episodes. Um, this week, I am with a colleague of mine, uh, Sravani, who's here to talk to us about auditing in SQL, in the SQL Server, and our various other SQL-related products. Um, so there'll be no news. We'll wait until uh, our next episode, and we'll go through the latest and greatest um, Azure security news. So, Srivani, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me here. I have been in the podcast in the past when we were talking about the uh, Windows authentication feature for Azure AD principles for SQL managed instance. Uh, it's nice to be here. And uh, I uh, I have been working with Microsoft for 11 years now and with total 15 years of experience in SQL Server and SQL database. Uh, I worked on almost all flavors of SQL starting SQL Server 2005 till SQL 2020. And then the SQL on cloud, uh, the Azure database, and the SQL managed instance. So I primarily work as a program manager for SQL security features and own SQL auditing for all flavors of SQL. Uh, along with that, I also work some on some of the authentication related features for SQL managed instance. Uh, apart from security, uh, high availability and performance are uh, some of my areas of interest and have done lots of work as an escalation engineer in those uh, pillars. So yeah, that's about me. Fantastic. So let's start off with a really basic question. When we're talking about logging and auditing here, which products are we talking about and what kind of events are we talking about? Like, are we talking about SQL control plane, SQL data plane, Azure control plane, Azure data plane? I mean, what sort of logging are we, are we sort of worried about here? Ah, okay. So, uh, so today we are talking about SQL Azure database. So, Azure SQL database. So, uh, the auditing, as I said, auditing uh, works for all flavors of SQL. The on-prem SQL Server, starting SQL Server 2008 uh, till SQL Server 2022 and the cloud products, the Azure SQL database and SQL managed instance. So today we will majorly focus for Azure SQL database, which is slightly different compared to SQL managed instance and on-prem SQL server, how it works, right? And uh, for Azure SQL, we have data plane auditing and for control plane, which is from the portal, any operations that you perform uh, from the portal, which is comes under the control plane and those operations are uh, logged in the activity logs which are available in the Azure monitor. So today from SQL we do not audit any control plane operations at the portal level but we offer the data plane uh, auditing for the Azure SQL database. So for SQL, SQL Server and other flavors of SQL, the auditing itself is built differently to meet security compliance regulations and requirements. So <clears throat> how it works is basically we support wide range of action groups. So there are a lot of action groups that we support. For example, there is a batch completed group which which is responsible to capture all actions related to a database. It could be any batch that is executed against a database. So this is majorly uh, focuses for um, 
any DMLs, DDLs, which are executed inside the database. So this is one of the action group that we support. Along with that, we support, uh, as I said, we support wide range of action groups. For example, schema related changes. There are certain action groups for the if there are any changes related to users, groups, permissions, there are action groups to capture that information. Similarly, uh, we have certain action groups where if, if you want to know if there are any failed logins, successful logins so we have a dedicated action groups for that so first of all why do we support wide range of action groups to provide flexibility to customers to configure auditing based on their security requirements our customers has like different set of wide range of servers uh, the cloud services right so some might be related to medical some might be related to uh, finance so there are different organizations and each organizations will have their own security and compliance requirements to meet so in order to provide the flexibility and collect only the data that they need to collect uh, we provide this support to have a lot of action groups and along with the action groups we we also support actions like uh, if you want to capture uh, like a select update insert delete against any specific table or a database or by a specific user so this is like a kind of uh, filters that they can configure while configuring the auditing so this is what we do for all flavors of sql uh, however when it comes to azure sql database being a pass service uh, the first thing is we don't enable auditing by default auditing customer has to enable the auditing from the server blade in the Azure portal. So when it comes to Azure SQL, we support two types of auditing. One is a server level auditing. The other one is a database level auditing. Uh, the name itself tells you like the server level is basically when you configure it, all the databases has the auditing enabled. And if you do not want to configure a server level audit, like if you have like specific databases for which you need to enable auditing, then you can just go ahead and enable the database level audit. These are the two configurations that we support for Azure SQL. And what happens is when you configure auditing, you need to write the logs to a target, right? So, I mean, traditionally for on-prem servers, what you do is you configure auditing and then write the audit logs to your one of your log folders on your Windows machine. So what happens with Azure SQL is we support three types of targets. So one, you can write the audit logs to the storage account. And two, you can write the audit logs to log analytics workspace. And three, you can also write the audit logs to event hubs. So why we support these three different targets is again to provide flexibility to customers so that they can choose what targets they want to use for their auditing. What I see is most of the customers use multiple targets for certain databases. They just store it in the storage account and use their own mechanisms to review these logs. And most of the customers use event hubs and log analytics because that gives you kind of Azure security insights uh, to understand what is happening on the server. So these are the different targets that we support. So like I said, for Azure 
SQL database, once the database, once the server is created in Azure, customers go and enable auditing from the portal. When they enable, they choose either server audit or database audit, and then they choose this one of these targets to store these audit logs. So this is how it works. And when it comes to Azure SQL, we have a default auditing. So when you enable it from the portal, we always enable the default audit, which is having three action groups, which are default. That is database uh, successful logins action group and a failed login action group and the batch completed group. So these are the three action groups that we configure by default. So in case if customer has a requirement where they need to capture a different set of action groups, that is when they have to do a custom audits for their Azure SQL. So for performing custom audits, we do not have a UI today. We, you have to use uh, PowerShell ARM templates uh, from the portal. Uh, you can use one of these client tools to configure custom auditing. And when they configure custom auditing, they can uh, configure specific action groups, specific actions, if they want to do filters like, uh, like a specific user or a schema or a database, there is a, uh, there is a filter called predicate expression, which they can use while using PowerShell and they can have a custom audit configure. So this is how, this is like uh, overall picture, how it works for Azure SQL. And this is all about the data plane. So anything that comes from the client to the Azure SQL database in the data plane is audited using this uh, auditing. And for the control plane, like I said, the activity log, which is provided from the ARM, uh, from the Azure would be your control plane audit log for now. So you said a couple of things at the very beginning. Uh, I just want to make sure everyone understands. So DDL is data definition language. So that's like create table, create schema, that sort of stuff, right? Yes. And then DML is data manipulation language. So you know, select star, insert, update, you know, that kind of stuff. Yes. And then the other thing you mentioned was that you you you're sort of bucketing SQL queries into action groups. So what is an action group? Action group is basically set of actions that are uh, that are executed inside your database. So for auditing, like I said, we bucketized these actions into these groups so that if customer wants to configure auditing, they can choose what what should be the action group that I want to configure. Like I said, uh, for example, I mentioned about batch completed group, which is a which is a server level as well as a database level action group. And this is basically when you configure this specific action group, what happens is an event is raised whenever any batch is executed inside your database. So any operation that completes execution raises this event, and then this event is captured and uh, returned to the audit logs. So for auditing in the back end, we kind of use extended events uh, architecture where all these events are captured based on the actions and action groups that you configure for the database. We have various uh, action groups like batch completed group, batch started group, and then we have uh, something related to databases. Like if there is anything changed, you can configure database change group. Uh, like I said, database logout group. If a, if a specific user logged out from a database, you can configure this database logout group to audit that specific event. Okay, thanks. That makes a makes a lot more sense now. You mentioned at the beginning that 
for Azure SQL Database auditing is not enabled by default. What's interesting about that is there's been, you know, in the news just recently, nation states involved with compromised accounts. Um, one thing that sort of came out of that is a lot of customers didn't have certain kinds of auditing enabled. So now we're seeing a lot more impetus on, you know, people using audit, auditing. So is it fair to say that because it's disabled by default, that you know, we really need to have more people enabling auditing in, in Azure SQL Database. Is that, is that a fair comment? Absolutely, Michael. That is that's a fair comment. Why we don't enable by default is, even though the auditing is a built-in feature, the targets are uh, the targets are the cost for customer, right? And depending on their workloads, we don't know how much data they are going to generate. Like if you have like a heavy OLTP system and I do not want to take a decision on behalf of customer because the targets are going to be pretty costly. I mean, we have customers who has like, the audit log is like four times of their source database size and they are just not aware of that because it's the default audit and it just audits everything in the database so that is why we don't know we don't make it default we want customers to choose what targets they want to use they want to based on their cost based on their uh, compliance requirements and things like that so absolutely like once the database is deployed in azure uh, customers should review the auditing configuration and see if they want to enable it to meet any security requirements. Yeah, I just want to make sure I get this 100% correct. So you can actually have a relatively fine-grained audit policy rather than just auditing absolutely everything. Could you put a policy in place? So let's just, you know, as an example, let's say you decided that you only wanted, I don't know, I'm making this up as I go along, Let's say you've got twenty offices, and you know one particular office is you know potentially in a hostile environment. Again, I'm making this up. You could audit just stuff coming from that DNS range or that IP address or those that, or at least something to identify that environment or those users. Can can you go to that level of granularity? Yeah. So there is a uh, there is a way to filter those uh, 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 those activities and the specific users, specific groups. Uh, so as I said today, one of the challenges that we have for Azure SQL database is we do not have a UI where you can go ahead and configure a custom audit. So the default audit is basically collects the batch completed group, which collects pretty much everything that happens in the database. So if you want to have this specific, uh, more precise auditing, we have to use the custom auditing, which is either you configure it using ARM templates or using partial commands. So I did publish a, a blog, TechNet blog, uh, which has more uh, commands with each scenarios and examples, like if you want to filter a schema, filter a user, filter a database, or filter a certain statements. So I have given like certain examples, like how to configure this predicate expression and filtering. Uh, but you know what the good news is we have this in pipeline to have a custom UI so that customers do not have to do these commands and then configure auditing. So that work is in pipeline. I do not have the timelines, but soon we will have a custom configuration and available for auditing. But till then, yeah, customers have to do it manually using partial commands or ARM templates. Until I read your blog post, I didn't even realize that there was, you know, a way of producing sort of smaller log files 
by you know essentially filtering them. I, I didn't even know that existed. And also, it's funny, you know, a lot of people think that the extent of functionality in any Azure service is what's available in the portal, and that is simply not true. Often the most common things are in the portal, but uh, some things are not in the portal, but they can still be accessed through, like you say, through PowerShell or through the CLI or through through an ARM template or a BICEP template or something like that. That's good to know. I Yeah, again, I didn't know that until I actually read your, 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 your post on that. Yeah. Anything else people should know about logging in? I mean, how does, I mean, what about things like our other database products, like SQL MI, for example, SQL Managed Instance? So uh, one of the difference that I would like to call out between uh, so SQL Server, SQL MI, uh, today you can configure auditing using SQL statements, right? So which is like uh, customers are pretty much comfortable with. So for Azure SQL database today, you cannot configure auditing using T-SQL. So that is the one of the challenge that we are also trying to fill up and see how can we enable support for T-SQL so that this, this kind of filtering becomes more easy for SQL database, right? Azure SQL database. So this is one uh, challenge, I would say, that is something that we are trying to fill up. So today for a SQL server and managed instance, you can configure auditing using the T-SQL commands, while for SQL database, Azure SQL database, we cannot do that using T-SQL. So customers have to use these PowerShell and ARM templates. So this is this is one of the difference. And the other one uh, is, uh, so when we spoke about action groups, right, there are server level action groups and database level action groups that we support for SQL Server and even for SQL managed instance. But for Azure SQL, today we support only database level action groups. So initially this is a SQL database and we enabled support for all database related action groups, but there are certain server level action groups which we do not support for Azure SQL today. So again, this work is also in pipeline and we are working on fixing these feature parity gaps uh, between Azure SQL and SQL Server to ensure both all flavors of SQL have the same kind of support for the action groups. So, but yeah, not many customers asked for this, but there are customers who need this support for the uh, server level action groups. For example, if there is a login uh, login failure at the server level, they would like to know like which database, which login failed. So. This is something, again, we are currently working and soon it should be available as well for customers. And just one more thing that I would like to call out is by default for Azure database, today we capture only the first 4K characters of the SQL statement. So we don't roll over the records to the next record. So in SQL Server, what we do is if the SQL statement has uh, more than 4K characters, we roll over to the next audit log record. So for Azure SQL, why we do this is to consider the performance and uh, to ensure there is not there is not too much of logging or overhead. By default, we don't write this, but if any customers has a workload that will have a queries that are more than 4K characters in limit, we still enable this feature from the backend. This can be enabled from the backend. However, we are again working on a feature where we want to make this default and at the same time have the better performance in place. So yeah, these are like some of the differences when compared 
to SQL Server and Azure SQL. And all these differences are already documented in our public documentation. Uh, but I just wanted to highlight them. Just sort of switching tacks a little bit now. So querying these logs, first and foremost, you know, what sort of permissions are there around it, you know, to restrict access to the log files? And also, I mean, how do you query these logs? I mean, what, you know, what functionality exists to actually go in and, you know, find out what happened? Uh, that's a great question, Michael. So, uh, first of all, we write these uh, logs in a different format that is .xel format, which is basically an extended event log format that is native to the SQL Server. So today, how customers view these logs, there are for Azure SQL database, there are three ways. One, in Azure portal, when you configure auditing for your SQL, SQL database, uh, when you go to auditing blade, there is a view audit logs option. And that view audit logs will give you uh, within a timestamp, what is the audit log look like? And that is like preview of the audit logs. We don't expose all columns of the audit log, but some of the columns which we feel they are important. So it tells you what event happened, when it happened, by whom it happened, and what is the change that is done. So these are the columns that we we publish in this preview of the audit logs. And this is available in the Azure portal once the auditing is configured. Though we say the logging is asynchronous, I will say that pretty much you will see the logs are available as soon as you made some change in the database. So that is the one way to view it. The second one is there is something called Azure Security Insights. So we provide a dashboard view of uh, Azure Security Insights and give and tells you uh, what exactly happened, like if there were any failed logins, successful attempts, number of users accessing the database. So this comes when you have uh, auditing configured to log analytics or event hub as a target. So when you when customers use these are the targets, they can also use this SQL security insights that comes from the uh, Azure portal and which tells you like how many action groups are executed, what kind of uh, how many databases are there and how the databases are distributed by IP addresses and what kind of SQL principles access to the database. So this is like a security insights that we provide and this is a nice great overview to tell you overall picture in terms of what is happening on the server for a given time period. And the third way, which is basically the native uh, way that we have been using for several years is using a T-SQL function, which is FN get audit data. And this function supports reading multiple audit files and gives you a view like what exactly, what, what are, whatever the data is captured in a given time period. So you can either read one log file or you can read multiple log files. It basically takes inputs like what is the log file and how many files you want to read. And then you just have to run this query in your management studio, connecting to any database. All you need is access to your audit logs wherever they are stored 
they may be locally on your system or maybe they are sitting in a storage account all you need is access to those log files and once you have the access and if you have a uh, required permissions to run this function inside sql you can just read the audit logs and this is just a t-sql and customers can just do filtrations whatever filters they want to apply for a specific database user time period anything right so that is how they can view apart from all this in ssms also there is an option when you have a server audit configured and uh, when you right click there is a view audit log uh, option that we provide so there either you can view the audit logs of the existing server or even you can open an audit log which is sitting in a storage account or some other target you can just uh, go to the path open the audit log and it gives you a view in the ssms as well so these are the different ways customers can access these logs and view the audit logs yeah i knew about the um the function that was available because uh, i ran it a couple of times and the funny thing is i have <laughs> It, it produces so much information. I, mean, I was just absolutely blown away just how much data is there um, in those logs, um, including stuff I have no idea even what the columns mean, to be honest with you, but yeah, it is what it is. So before we sort of wrap this episode up, is there anything else, any other things that people should know about before we move to the end of the, the podcast? So one important thing is for Azure SQL database, auditing is not a default feature. You have to enable it and then choose what targets that they want to configure. And they should also aware of the default audit action groups, which basically captures everything. So if you if that is not what customers want, they can go ahead and have a custom audit configuration so that they can have a more uh, crisp and more uh, detailed logging based on their security and uh, governance requirements and we are we have everything updated in our public documentation and if there is any feedback uh, if if there is any piece of information that is missing we will keep adding it they can just go go to github and report any information that is missing and we will be happy to assist there but yeah please review the auditing configuration for all your azure sql database and enable wherever it's required all right, so one thing you know, as you've already been on the podcast, one question we always ask our guests is if you had just one final thought to leave our listeners with, what would it be? I would say please turn on your auditing for Azure SQL database so that you don't miss any important information. I think that's a perfect ending. Um, and I really want to sort of add my two cents there as well. There's a lot of nation-state activity going on right now. I mean, there always is. And the lack of audit logs is is, is proving problematic. So yeah, if you're running Azure SQL Database or any any product for that matter, make sure that you're, you know, you're auditing, uh, especially the, de- the data plane and obviously the control plane as well. So with that, let's bring our episode to an end. Uh, Srivani, thank you so much for joining us this week. And to all our listeners out there, stay safe and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Azure Security Podcast. You can find show notes and other resources at our website, azsecuritypodcast.net. If you have any questions, Please find us on Twitter at Azure SecPod. Background music is from ccmixter.com and licensed under the Creative Commons license.